0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dalvin
2: and Frank Proctor the sous chef of the garden with you and I can't I can't find Charlie uh, wait a minute it's so foggy in here <laughs> so oh there you are I'm here, yes I'm here. she's wearing a miner's hat fog that's my how I, lights on. yes <laughs> good morning to Grace who is our producer and, uh, yeah, hello there, Gracie. Hey, Grace. Yeah, my gosh. Uh, and I see the guys have already arrived for their show next hour. They're year, yeah, up. Next hour, yeah, yeah. More ways oh, than one. Oh, my Lord, look out for the fun duo there. That's right. Uh, the, uh, Dave's Corner Garage coming up at 10. But in the meantime... The Garden Show is underway for yet another day. This is the 13th day of November, and uh, on this Saturday, we welcome your calls at these two numbers. In Toronto, 416-360-0740, and anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, and that is 1-866-740-4740. I got myself into trouble without even trying this morning. Right off the bat, I complimented Charlie (laughs) on kind of a nice black... uh, what do you, just a, a T-shirt, well, not it's a like T-shirt. a mock uh, a, a, Yeah, mock turtleneck. Yeah. And I said, gee, that looks nice. She said, well, you mean the other weeks that don't look nice? Oh, geez. Well, so.
3: you referred to me looking kind of sharp or with it or something. Well, yes, so I, I did. Just, I <laughs> I just went, what, my pajamas don't work for you when I <laughs> wear them in here normally?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can tell which way the show's going to go now. Well, look, uh, you've got things to cover off there, have you? I, I do right have off an, the a bat?
3: couple of announcements. Let's just get right to these. Uh, things to put on your calendar. There's a, um, he's from Pennsylvania, uh-huh. pretty well-known gardener. His name is David Culp, C-U-L-P. He is, uh, he's a designer. He works with natural plants. He's very, sorry, natural in native plants, mm-hmm. and uh, very uh, involved in redesigning spaces to fit their environments. Ah, so okay. he's doing a couple of different events. One will is on November the 14th. On behalf of the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society, he'll be speaking on favorite perennials. Now, he is a specialist and a breeder of hellebores, or helleborus, and, of course, he'll be showing and talking. You put that in your uh, business
2: card, you'll get noticed, I'll all tell about you. about
3: the, the hellebores. Uh, yeah. Guests are welcome. It's one thirty in, so I guess tomorrow. This is tomorrow, one thirty in the afternoon. No admission. Guests are welcome. Check out David Culp speaking on favorite perennials at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Then, the same speaker, on Tuesday, the 16th, again, same location, Toronto Botanical Gardens, he is uh, going to be at 7.30 p.m. The subject is designing a space in tune with its natural surroundings. Ah,
2: you could say that this gentleman was an expert in using uh, plants and uh, fauna and flora that would be indigenous to the area.
3: Oh, absolutely, darling. Thank you. I
2: thought I'd throw that in. Well said. You studied, (laughs) obviously. Well, yes.
3: Now, this particular... Hmm. He is a very good speaker. He's inspirational. He's educational. He's Mm -hmm. got great slides. So, certainly for some ideas and, like I say, for inspiration, check it out. Uh, Members of the TBG on Tuesday evening are no cost. Uh, Non-members, $20, 7.30 p.m. Everybody knows where the TBG is. Mm -hmm. 777 Lawrence Avenue East, right at Leslie. Okay, so that's exciting. The other thing is <clears throat> excuse me i m- made an error last week Uh-oh. in the you sense that I, I forgot have. something. <laughs> I was speaking was in the past speaking at the Streetsville Hort Society this last Tuesday evening. And you
2: forgot to plug it
3: I forgot to plug it. oh boy dear. boy did I like you know hit myself in the side of the head when I, it's funny because I had told myself, must remember to mention that, and then forgot. So, it was great. We had a lot of fun. The Streetsville Hort Society are a big, very active group. So, they've got just so much on the go, and uh, it was was very fun to meet a bunch of the people, and uh, I talked to them about putting the garden to bed, or In other words, preparing for the big chill. Right. Well, after a week like this, I mean, it's, you know, double digits all week. It's just been crazy. But wonderful, wonderful gardening weather. I mean, just, you know, I can't tell you all the things I got done yesterday afternoon in a three-hour period. I emptied my rain barrel. I, you know, when I'm, like, just emptied a couple of composters, you know, just on and on and on. Chopped up the pumpkin and put it in the, you know, just leaves dug them all out you of the corners. You do have a wonderful
2: time, don't you? I mean, you <laughs> I do. really do. Yeah. Oh, it's,
3: well, it's so much fun. My my cat uh, loves to be out with me when I'm doing these things. So the funniest thing was emptying the rain barrel and watching the cat just mesmerized by the water, movement of the water yeah. and the leaves moving and, and chasing all this stuff. And he was just having a blast, <laughs> prancing and dancing like a small child puddle jumping. That was my cat. So that yesterday was great. Today is going to be great as well once the fog lifts. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into seasonal temperatures. So get out there and get things done today if you can. Okay. Um, Also, I was at the Royal Agricultural Winter Fair, Mm -hmm. which is always a blast.
2: Going to be talking to the director of marketing today on the show. Are you?
3: Yeah, Yeah. it is. I just, I love that fair. It is so much fun because it just covers the gamut. Mm. It's such, it's a lifestyle fair in a sense because it's food and it's health and it's, you know, nature and life and, and, you know, sunflowers 27 feet tall and zucchinis 18 feet long and just (laughs) crazy stuff. Yeah. Don't go. Settle down now. Don't go there. She's getting. <laughs> so excited <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do want to say hello to a couple of sure. listeners we had listeners drop by i was on a canada blooms booth but listeners dropped by the booth uh, from burlington and from midland so just a big hello to all our listeners and nice to, to see people meet them face to face
2: absolutely
3: all right uh also one more thing yeah while i was out there working in the garden one of my neighbors dropped by for a visit and said What's this stuff you're promoting on the radio? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I go I go okay, oh, let's yeah, be absolutely <laughs> clear. <laughs> the stuff I'm promoting on the radio, it's not that complicated. It's called Sierra Sil. It is very simply a natural mineral formula proven to be effective against aches and stiffness. So my neighbor was very interested in this, and I just happened to have a, an unopened bottle in my living room, which I gave to my neighbor. I said, all right, you are my next guinea pig. You take Keep this. Keep
2: drugs in your Living room.
3: Well, I mean, whatever. You know, right. keep, keep things handy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I gave him a bottle. Yeah. I said, "You're my next guinea pig. I need feedback on on how this all works out." So oh. I haven't I haven't spoken to him. Yet. Sierra,
2: by the way, is spelled C I R. No, C I E R R S. What I asked. What am I saying? Oh Lord. It's like the mountains. The mountains. Yeah. S I E R R A. Correct. And then S I L.
3: Yes. And they have a web very simple website sierrasil.ca or an even simpler phone number one eight seven seven joint 14.
2: Oh, and our mantra, call early, call often. One question per call will be on to our callers in just a moment, Charlie Dobbin.
4: I'm Gene Stevens, and this is the AM740 Music Vault. This is where I go every week to find you all the swing, country, R&B, jazz, and early rock and roll known as vintage favorites. In the 1930s, as records, radios, and jukeboxes took over the public's heart, mind, and money, the first true music fad began. It was the big band era. And this week, I'll count down the top ten big bands on Vintage Favorites. Sunday, beginning at 2, from Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
5: At Chevrolet's Season's Best Event, we use a special relaxation technique called Make No Payments for 90 Days. Find peace with up to 10000 in cash credits, including up to a $1,500 holiday bonus. And on select models, a calming 0% financing for 48 months. Only at your local Chevrolet store. OAC on select models. Interest accrues during deferral period. Conditions apply. Go to OntarioChevroletDealers.com for details or stop by today.
1: Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And your sous chef or undergardener, as I'm often called, Frank Proctor, saying hi to Glenn in Niagara Falls. Good morning, Glenn.
1: Good
6: morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. My question is, uh, outdoor carpeting on my patio is, on the outer edge, is growing moss.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't like that moss, I guess. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks a little too too uh, uh, old, and like it grew there, I guess. Yeah. Now, soap should be able. To, have you tried scrubbing it? Scrubbing it? Yeah. No, I haven't. Because is it next? Is it near a garden, or is it or is it just sort of out on a patio and there's no garden? Oh, it's
6: a raised. It's a raised patio. Uh huh. It's a raised patio above the garden. Okay,
3: so if you... you,
6: It's a cement foundation. Actually, it's above the coal room.
3: Oh, okay. Now, it probably is on the north side of the house, I think?
6: Well, it's on the... Yeah, it's... it's, uh, one side faces east and one side faces north. Yeah.
3: So it's the low light conditions are setting up uh, an environment in which it's conducive for moss to grow, as well as moisture. Obviously moisture when it rains or uh, dew or whatever. So early in the morning and early in the day, there is obviously a fair amount of moisture in that area. And again, good conditions for moss. Oh, yeah. So, a couple of options. One would be to replace the carpet every couple of years. Just recognize this is something you can't get around. You're just going to have to replace. But in the meantime, you could try scrubbing it with just... What I would do is just kind of a, a good scrub brush and soapy water. Okay. And then run the hose, and of course the soap will all wash off down into the garden. Okay. You could... I mean, to be absolutely effective, would be to use bleach and wa- you know, mixture of water and bleach. But my hesitation to recommend bleach is that you don't want that to run off the patio into no, the garden. No. So keep it to soap if, if it's going to run into the garden. Okay, I'll try that. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks, Glenn.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, first caller here on a Saturday morning. We uh, welcome your calls at 416-360-0740 in Toronto. <laughs> Elsewhere outside, well, anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven. 744-740. Uh, right here in town, Dorothy on the line, ready to talk about some rose bushes. Hello there, Dorothy.
7: Hi. Good
6: morning. Uh, good morning. Um, yesterday I was out looking at my rose bushes, and mm-hmm. I've got two buds that aren't re- really ready to bring in the house, but I can see the red petals surrounded by the green part, mm-hmm. that it really needs another week of hot weather to, to really come to Terms, you know, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if I cut it and bring it in the house. This is the rosebush yeah. bud, yeah. Uh, and put it in water. What would I add to make it bloom?
3: Mm, you shouldn't have to add anything per se. What I would do, if you keep in mind that today's still going to be a nice mild day, so leave it outside today. Maybe at the end of the day today, you could cut the buds, bring them in. What I do is I immerse the entire cut stem and bud into lukewarm water and let them sit in some lukewarm water where the whole the whole stem like i say is under the water well, 20 minutes half an hour or so <clears throat> then take that that s- cut stem out of the lukewarm water and just stand it in a vase again with room temperature water put it in a, a warm sunny spot in your home and uh, it should come along it should open up just uh, give it what you're going to do is trying to give it a little bit of a, an extra kick with that warm immerse immersion bath
6: yeah But the other buds that are really green, Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll do anything. I don't think
3: they're mature enough to actually open.
6: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. when I put the uh, burlap and stuff around the the rose bushes for winter, do I cut it off?
3: Um,
6: What I do with my roses is,
3: if necessary, because of the height and the wind and the action and, and damage that can occur... I will cut my roses down to about 18 inches tall, no lower.
6: 18 inches?
3: Yeah. yeah, We we always say um, we cut them to our knees in the fall and our ankles in the spring, but this does not include climbers and this does not include shrub roses. I'm talking strictly about hybrid teas, grandifloras, floribundas, to the knees in the fall
6: Okay. before you cover. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Dorothy. Bye.
2: Have a great day, and thanks for listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio, where next we speak to Barbara, also from Toronto. Good morning, Barbara.
5: Good morning. Morning. I would like to ask you, I brought from outside a tray of succulents. Mm -hmm. Now, it is a um, birdbath tray about two feet across, and in the tray I also have some moss. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how should I be watering it over the winter?
3: Wow. And is this something you planted up yourself? Yes. Nice. And has it just it's just like a little miniature world.
5: Oh, and it's beautiful. Oh, and it's yeah. sitting on a coffee table mm-hmm. in the front room mm-hmm. and looks beautiful.
3: I bet it does. So what Okay, couple of things. One is succulents, particularly that have been outside, are completely attuned to very high light levels.
5: Yes, so, it's, uh, it's, uh, it gets light from a ceiling uh, window.
3: Oh, skylight, good. Okay, yeah. so it's you've got it, like I was going to say, in a nice bright location. Yes.
5: You're going to find that you're going to
3: provide very little water to this plant over the next few months. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be a case of, I, I assume you've got, uh, it's a, shallow bird baths yes. so it's not a lot of soil right. and what's in there is a very there's no drainage obviously. Yes, in that.
5: we did drill holes in the bottom.
3: Okay so you've got some kind of a, a tray beneath it yes. on the coffee table. Yes. All right and the soil that's in there is a very well-drained soil so it's a very gravelly yes. sandy soil. Perfect. The trick with it with any of the succulents is air on the side of too little water rather than too much water because it's very easy to overwater in the, in the winter. Plants are going to are slowing down Days are getting shorter. You know, the, there's not a lot of action or, or absorption or use of, of moisture, particularly inside our homes where the light levels are so low. So I'd be, you know, assume you're going to water at the most probably every three weeks or so, maybe even every four weeks.
5: Don't okay, I have a temperature thermometer. Should, you know, should it be at the low level? Yes, Yes,
3: uh, particularly with the succulents. Absolutely, should we always be. So that's why that little moisture meter gizmo isn't going to work that well for you because number one, it's such a shallow uh, tray. Okay. You can actually stick your finger down and feel the moisture in the soil. Okay. The people have big problems with deep pots because they can't don't know how much moisture is way down at the bottom. But yours okay. is, should be very good for you to use your finger to really get a sense of the moisture. Okay. And what about the moss? like it needs water well you can use your mister don't hesitate to have a a little mister uh, and squirt water particularly on the moss and keep the humidity high or reasonably high around the plant using just a little spritzer once or twice a day and that will keep the moss happy and of course the roots are very very shallow with the mosses so spritzing on the moss will also provide moisture just to those plants
5: thank you so much you're very welcome thanks Bye thanks bye. thank you
2: very much for the call barbara and now um in very shortly we're going to be hearing the pitter patter of our tiny tootsies as we pick our way to pickering uh, <laughs> <laughs> to visit liz next on the show after these words
1: getting to the root of a growing dilemma this is the am 740 garden show with charlie daubin
2: and Frank Proctor, with apologies to Liz. Liz, I'm going to be late, uh, because <laughs> there is a lady hanging on the line a little bit longer than you, and I meant to say Bernadette is on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Bernadette.
6: Good morning, morning. Charlie and Frank. Um, my question is about herbs.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I have um, sweet basil, um, Italian parsley, and lemon thyme.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, since
6: I brought them in the house, the sweet basil is turning black, mm-hmm. the uh, parsley is going yellow, mm-hmm. and the lemon thyme is going yellow as well. Okay. And I was just wondering what I can do about
3: that. Do, are, are you, were these plants in pots outside, I assume so? Yes, they were. And could the thyme, for example, be planted outside in the ground? Um like are you you I'm just wondering like are you in an apartment or do you have access no, I'm to, in the house, to garden so
6: yes it could go out in the ground
3: well the reason I bring it up is because time is a perennial and time will survive in your garden over the winter okay. providing it's planted in the ground or the alternative would be to just bury the pot Right. Out under the ground and have it survive the winter that way okay the yellowing that you're experiencing from both the parsley well actually all three of the plants by the sounds of it are in a certain amount of shock from coming inside and realize that it's probably got to do with lower light levels okay and it was bright and sunny outside and it's not nearly as bright and sunny inside of course and the both the parsley and the thyme showing you that yellowing what that is is those are leaves that need more light and so they are turning yellow because they're not getting light. Okay. Meanwhile more leaves will grow if if these plants are happy and healthy and and still alive and growing. New growth will come and that new growth will be attuned to the lower light levels. Okay. So you have the option to keep both the partially and the time In your home, you know, watering as necessary, misting as required, keeping them as bright as possible. And recognize that to lose a few of the mature leaves, no big deal, as long as some new growth is coming. Okay. All right. Now, the basil, on the other hand, turning black, again, it's a bit of a shock thing. It's probably, um, when I see basil turn black, it's usually got to do with um, moisture. Be careful you're not overwatering any of these herbs. Okay. Uh, They are using a lot less moisture inside. Right. uh, Again, because of the lower light levels. So it's it's the tricky part now when we want to keep things alive when we bring them in is we have to not overwater. We have to be very, very, very careful with our watering. Okay. So only, you know, feel that soil, feel down you know half an inch with your finger before you add any water make sure that that the soil is on the dry side and that you're not watering something that's still got a lot of moisture in the soil okay okay terrific and you know if necessary think about even a grow light uh to try and just supplement and and brighten up the uh, the area where you've got the herbs uh, located okay all righty great Thank you so much for your call.
2: Thanks, oh, Bernadette. Great
3: yeah. idea, bringing herbs, in. there's nothing better than fresh herbs all oh, winter. Oh, absolutely! You know, a little sprig in your soup or on yeah, your eggs yeah. in the morning—it's perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, now I've become a lover of soup. I used to hate soup. I don't know why. How could you hate soup? I don't know why. That's like the
3: biggest comfort food out there.
2: My my wife finally got me switched around to loving soup, and I oh, do. Okay. Yeah. Well,
3: you know, you can tell you're not from a Jewish family because you know, uh, in my family, it's all about the chicken soup. Oh, the As chicken. I, oh, well, yeah. Of my course. children and I. Tell you there's but soap. there's no bigger comfort food for them than chicken soup.
2: You betcha. It's all about it's chicken soup. nine <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well you'll be talking to the old clucker in just a moment here A nine twenty seven yeah. on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, Frank Proctor alongside. And we're uh finally getting out to Liz in Pickering. Hi, Liz, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. Fine. Thank you. Morning, Liz. uh, Morning, Charlie. I
7: I have a question. We have a 50-year-old Austrian pine, Mm -hmm. and it started a few years ago to turn brown. Now, is this from age, or is that a disease? There are a few more Austrian pines on the street, and they're starting to get brown, but they don't have it as bad as ours.
3: Yeah, there is a fungal disease that Austrian pines are susceptible susceptible to uh-huh. and will suffer from and eventually die from if they for whatever reason have been under stress 50 years old is a pretty pretty good age it's obviously a very big big tree yes, it
6: is.
3: And, and the browning you're seeing is it um it's i imagine it's lost a bunch of needles along the stems oh, yes. oh, but yeah. how excuse me how are the tips is there fresh did it did you see new growth and fresh green tip uh, growth
7: not too much this year
3: yeah. OK, so what I would do, because obviously a big tree like that is very, very important to the value of our property and the, the quality of life, obviously, on our property. The birds will certainly miss that tree and right. you'll miss that tree if, if it were to actually um, to you know, fully die, would be to call an arborist and get an arborist onto the property uh-huh. to recommend your next steps. Oh. it's uh the it uh, 's very hard to diagnose and to be definitive over the radio uh-huh. in terms of what to do, but I can tell you that there's no question um it, it, the pine it, trees don't die quickly. You know, it's not like a tomato oh. plant where they get a disease and uh, 10 days later they're they're toast. Right. Trees take years to die. Uh-huh. And so by the time we recognize that there's something wrong, sometimes it's too late anyway. Uh-huh. But it's still worth calling up a reputable, and like when I say reputable ar- arborist, I'm talking certified arborist, member uh-huh. of the International Society of Arboriculture or arborists, uh-huh. uh, yellow pages uh, you can find uh-huh. someone or through the web. ISA is the International Society of Arborists. Mm. And, um, and just ask somebody. They'll come to your property, they'll give you a, a visual uh, inspection, and then give you a written quote on what they would charge to do what they're recommending. Oh, okay. All right. And that's why it's totally worth getting somebody onto the property to, you know, get the, uh, that, their, the, the good eyes, the right. uh, knowledgeable right. person, the expert. Exactly, the expert. Yeah.
7: All right. Thank you very much, Charlie.
3: Thank you so Thank much, you. Liz. Good Bye-bye. luck with that.
2: Thanks for joining us on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. So very aptly named because, well, it's Charlie Dobbin, <laughs> Master <laughs> Gardener. I'm Frank Proctor, and you're listening to AM 740 as we say good morning to Barbara. Hi, Barbara.
3: Hi. Good morning. Where are you calling from, Barbara? Toronto. Oh, okay. Um,
5: I just want to ask you a question. I have a bleeding heart, mm-hmm. large bleeding heart, that blooms right up till November. It's still blooming. Mm -hmm. Um, Should I cut it down for the winter? It's well protected between a tree, and I'm just wondering if I should cut it or leave it.
3: So tell me about the bleeding heart. Does it have leaves that are like a ferny, fringy kind of a leaf, or is it the more traditional, almost like a hand? More
5: traditional. But it seems to just go on and on. Yeah, it's obviously a everybody one. stops and asks me if it's a bleeding heart. Exactly, very happy
3: bleeding heart because most bleeding hearts do not continue to bloom. They no, they give spring, up. Right, I have
5: several and they just go yellow after they bloom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this
3: particular one is in a nice shady corner, obviously with adequate moisture, it's, and it keeps on going.
5: Right, right. Oh. So I'm just concerned about: should I cut it down or should I just leave it? And you then. Know what? It's up, it up in the
3: spring. It's up to you. If you don't cut it down, snow and cold is going to knock it down eventually. Right. And come spring, the, it, there will be very little left for you to clean up, but there will be a little bit of straggly bits on the ground to just give a sort of a um, right. quick rate. Right, cut it because it still looks so nice. Yeah, so, I mean, no no panic. I mean, l- I would leave it up because, like you say,
5: it does look nice. And, yeah, and it's protected yeah. with a tree beside it. So. Yeah.
3: I yeah. love leaving things up if I can. The only things I I, I cut I do down too. are my my things like my peonies, for example. I always cut them down just to try and avoid botrytis and some of the fungal diseases. Mm-hmm. And I cut mm-hmm. down some of my perennials that might seed themselves all over the back and yeah, back or yeah. front. And I just can't don't want to start a, a perennial nursery of black-eyed susans. So I uh, I do oh. cut them down.
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a small garden Mm -hmm. in the front and I've planted some things and now they're really taking over Mm -hmm. like fall flowers. Can I split them now or should I wait till the spring?
3: I would wait till the spring because it's a bit late now. When we're doing any transplanting or dividing and and planting of, of garden plants, we try to do it where there's still about a six, four to six week window between us doing that transplanting and a super hard frost. Okay. So great. we've had a super hard frost. the The soil is starting to cool down. You're better to wait till spring because anything you transplant your plant now is very likely to get heaved out of the soil through the winter. As the soil is starting to freeze, uh, you'll will find plants will just pop right to the surface, and then they'll sometimes die because they're sitting right there out in the open.
5: Okay. Now okay. one more. I fertilized my lawn in September, and with this warm weather, it's growing like crazy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Should I? cut it? Or yep. is it too late to
3: nope, cut it? Nope. Keep on cutting as long as you uh, keep that mower out and keep cutting. Uh, <laughs> oh, you darn. Cut a little know. lower though. If, <laughs> okay. Thank you, Charlie. You're very okay. welcome.
2: Very sneaky, Barbara, yeah. getting that second question. But actually there. it was a good
3: question, so <laughs> yes. that's why I let her do it. But you know how all summer we've been mowing our lawns yeah. at about a two and a half inch to three inch height mm-hmm. because we know that it's better for the lawn to grow it, to cut it higher than back in the old days when we were putting green sort of people yep. however if you love that putting green look and if you want to do and it's not a bad idea lower your your uh, lawnmower for your final fall cut so bring it right down to about an inch and a half height mm-hmm. so that would help Barbara because if she does that that lower cut she'll find that she doesn't need to cut it again she can actually put her mower away Okay. Okay.
2: Very good. Thank uh, you. And very I know much. you
3: care about that apartment guy.
2: Well, I <laughs> Yeah, I'm right. 416 360 0740 to uh, call if you're in the Toronto area. And then anywhere else in the province, toll free to reach Charlie Dobbin. 1 866 740 4740. Well, let's see what's on Francesca's mind this morning. Hi, Francesca.
8: Mm, hi, good morning. I was the one who called out uh, later, uh, well, earlier on. In regards to the butternut squash, they were okay. They, they were nifty. Oh, oh good. good. Yeah. Um, so they grew nicely. Yeah, they were the striped, you know, mm-hmm. and then I said, when do they go beige? And uh, you just wait a while. They yeah. go beige. Yep. Yeah, uh, but <clears throat> what I'm interested in now is I brought in a rosemary plant because mm-hmm. um, I let it grow, and the other lady, a couple of callers mm-hmm. down, was, mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, thyme and parsley. Mm-hmm. Rosemary, how, you know, I, I put it in a pot. Mm-hmm. It, it's staked mm-hmm. um, because I picked off pieces of it during the summer Mm -hmm. Um, how long uh, and it's below the windowsill I have it in a in a in a back porch area and I have a a couple of there's no room in this house for plants really Mm -hmm. and I have it in the light filters in Mm -hmm. but how long do I have to does it need a lot of light does it need a lot of water
3: okay no it does not need a lot of water and it would prefer a lot of light Rosemary, where it naturally grows. Think of the Mediterranean, yeah. and yeah. think of you know hot, like lots of bright, bright reflected light off of white walls and and you know hot sidewalks. Rosemary loves that kind of condition. So, so hot. Well, I can put it dry. on a little
8: stool or a little. Yeah, the just, to more... get it above, just to get it above
3: the windowsill? That's right. The more light the better and uh, certainly air on the side of underwatering that one as well. Uh, it's not going to be something that needs a lot of water and it's funny when I was at the Streetsville Hort- Horticultural Society this past week we were talking a bit about bringing in herbs and, and sometimes how it, you can be successful and sometimes not. I have had both. I've had rosemary come through fine inside my home as a, as a house plant throughout the winter and I've had Multi years where the rosemary, no matter what I do, I can't win.
8: It, you see them sometimes yeah. shaped like Christmas trees, That's and right. they decorate them yeah. and. Yeah.
3: And but they sometimes they get all mildewy. Sometimes they just turn brown for no apparent reason. And other
8: times they're just happy well, and they perk along. Um, Thus far, it's good. It's it's the first time I've wa- actually it's the second time I've watered it okay. since I brought it in in September. Okay. And it, the pot you put it into, of
3: course, has drainage holes. It's huge. Okay. <clears throat>
8: it's a very large pot, actually. Okay. I think it's too big for the plant, but yeah.
3: Oh. So so exactly that. So remember with that huge pot and all that soil, there's lots of moisture being held in there. Did you use potting soil when you brought it in, or was it garden soil? It was the garden soil okay so again lots of moisture in garden soil so you know what don't be water. should up. i have put it in potting soil the better the more well drained the soil the better because uh-huh. that the water won't hold around and rot those roots
8: but so i should have put it in potting soil you oh,
3: should well. yeah we always think about you know garden soils for the garden and potting soils for the pot so when we pot uh-huh. things up think potting soil but just just know in your heart of hearts at the most you're going to water once a month Perhaps oh,
8: okay. once every once two months. Month. That's yeah. nice. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks very for the well. call. Bye-bye.
2: And uh, everybody, welcome here this morning. Some interesting uh, subject matter being brought mm. forth. Now, our next caller, Jean from Dundas, uh, I, I think is going to bring up a subject of when you look at a pine tree, you always expect to see cones. And sometimes, no cones. What's going on? Let's. Is that <laughs> is that the question, Jean? <laughs> yes,
1: I can hardly hear you. I heard you better when I was on hold. Oh. Um, I have a pine tree. Out front, I think it's about 35 years old, and um, I've noticed the last couple of years, I don't know, I guess it's the people that do the roads, a um, little bit of it's dying. But even though it was doing that, every year I could get buckets and buckets of pine cones. Not one this year. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's dying? I went over to my sister-in-law's property, mm-hmm. and... Um, there's none over there either. So can I hang up and listen, Charlie? Yes, yes, please do. Thank you.
3: All righty. <clears throat> well, Jean uh, hangs up her phone and turns up her radio. Uh, this is a good question. Okay, so wh- you're yeah. looking at me. Yeah. Why would a pine tree not have cones? So, okay, remember what cones are. Cones are the fruit that a pine tree, because they're seeds, right? Mm. Although each of the little scales in the pine cone is represents a seed. So we have to have... I mean, pine trees don't flower per se, but there is pollen deposited on the the female reproductive organs, which then cause the cones to form. And why would none of that happen? It wasn't like we had some kind of late frosts. If anything, we had a very early spring. Mm-hmm. So it um. And is it a stress related or a uh, you know a dying diseased situation i don 't think so and as Jean said even her sister in law 's pine tree didn 't show any cones this year. So you know what, this might be one of those ones that we best left with me to follow up for next week, or perhaps one of our listeners may have a suggestion on what they are to have followed up on themselves, just with that same question, because it is a good question. Or is it one of those situations where we have cycles, right? Different plants do different things in different years. And as Jean said, she's had buckets of cones in the past, and all of a sudden, not so many. I'd be inclined to blame it on climate, but it, it might be something else going on. So leave that with me. And I will report back. I wish she had told us what kind of pine tree that was, but she didn't. So we'll just guess that it's a one of those either yeah. white, red, or Austrian pines, because those are kind of the common ones.
2: Yeah, Diane and I feel very lucky because our apartment we're on the third floor, and we've got beautiful pine trees outside that are like are up forty feet beyond wow, yeah. the uh, the balcony, mm-hmm. and we're about five. Oh, Gee, less than five feet from oh, the wow, that close. And huge cones coming off the thing. Really? So huge yeah.
3: cones this year on and yep. pine tree for sure.
2: Yes. Not oh, yeah. less spruce tree. No <clears throat> Well, no. <laughs> I think it's pine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you sure are?
3: Huh? I might just get you <laughs> I, I'll be doing
2: my research while we have to uh, take bring, a little break you here. You have to
3: reach out five feet and grab one needle and okay. bring it with you next I'll week. All re- right. I and,
2: will. I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. Then oh, we'll know exactly what it is. Oh, dear. I got myself in uh, all sorts of trouble uh, here.
3: Uh, that's okay. And uh, we do want to just mention quickly about uh, Sierra Silk because that's going to allow you to do that five-foot reach. reach. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sierra Silk is very, very effective at helping... Those of us that want to be active, super active. And just whether it means kickboxing or beating people around the track like my mother likes to do at the Y, Sierra Sil will keep you limber, keep you active, keep you pain-free. It's an all-natural mineral complex. It's been clinically proven to reduce inflammation. So if you'd like more information, call one eight seven seven joint 14
2: And good morning to Dolly wherever you are. <laughs>
1: Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And let's listen to uh, see what Margaret has to say this morning as uh, she is welcome to the airwaves here at AM740. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning to both of you.
7: Uh, I'm wondering about covering up my roses if it's too early to do it. I've heard you have to wait till there's frost in the ground. And we haven't any frost in the ground yet, but we've had, you know, just frost. A light frost.
3: That's right. No, great question. And you're absolutely right. It's too early to cover your roses now. Do not cover them yet. If we cover our roses too early and there's still warmth in the soil and certain amount of life still in the roses, all we do by covering too early is we hold that warmth in the soil and we keep the plant growing. You don't want to do that. You want the rose to to slow down, slow down, slow down until it's completely dormant And then we cover because the covering is not to keep the plant warm. It's strictly to help the plant deal with the extreme temperature fluctuations that we have in southern Ontario where we do not have consistent snowfall. So the, the hill or the mound or the cover is just an insulation to help with t- uh, deal with temperature fluctuations. If you can hold off for preferably a couple of more weeks, I, one year I remember I covered my roses. It was after Christmas because it had been such a long, mild winter. So it, we've got to wait until the ground is cold. The roses are truly dormant. Oh. And, you know, I find it's usually snowing, maybe freezing rain, uh, big wind, Cold, ugly, and that's the day you cover your roses. <laughs> I'm
7: always out there freezing, trying to do it. And I wonder it's, if this is really necessary. It's, uh, or not.
3: it's the worst thing about roses. You really, I mean, unless I do know people that have hundreds of roses and they have to start early on covering those. They can't wait till Christmas. But uh, if you're like me, I have like two dozen roses. I put it off as long as I possibly can. And certainly I'm not near. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is whatever we're covering our roses with, whether it's, you know, bags of soil or garden soil, uh, it will freeze as well. So there's nothing harder than taking frozen soil and trying to put it on our roses. So this is where my my husband always loses his mind because, of course, I bring (laughs) bags of dirt into the dining room to keep them, to thaw them before I can get them out on the roses. So there's that other fine line between keeping some soil thawed to go onto the roses once they're frozen.
7: Well, I usually put on compost on them, and then I cover it with leaves as well. Okay. Okay. I'll right. adopt it more with
2: some leaves I've raked
3: up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Good for you. Okay, well, thank you, and do hold off as long as you
2: can. All right, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> okay, okay right. thank you. Well, it sounds like Ma and Pa Kettle, you and Elliot, and oh, yeah. moving everything. Yeah, come on in here, Pa. <laughs> Bring those bags of yeah. soil in.
3: <laughs> Just drop them there in the corner. <laughs>
2: They'll be fine. <laughs> March remaining, <Percy. laughs> and McGilbride. Uh, well, Gary in Belgrave is on the line with us right now, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Good morning, Gary.
4: Good morning. How are you fine
7: folks this morning? Hey,
2: terrific thanks.
7: Wonderful. I've got two little questions. I want to make them quick for you because I know you're really busy. I brought my geraniums in and they were doing really well outside. Mm-hmm. I brought them in. Of course, they got some dead leaves. I pruned the dead leaves off them mm-hmm. and that. And then they got all uh, wiry and uh, they're not blooming. What's going on?
3: Okay, they're wiry as in long stems, yeah. long extended stems. Okay, the official horticultural term for that is etiolation, okay. which is what plants do in light conditions that are too low.
7: Oh, well, they're in the window, though, Charlie.
3: What direction does the window face?
7: The window faces north.
3: Okay, can you put them in a south window?
7: Mm, not or west? likely.
3: <laughs> can you put them in a west window?
7: Might be able to put them in another window, yeah
3: okay, so the, you know a north window is the lowest light of all windows, oh, okay. South being the brightest, west being the second brightest, and then east and north being fairly low light oh i see if if that 's your only option, then a couple of things: One is perhaps grow lights, you know oh, okay. supplemental, proper you know artificial but, sure, but actual artificial grow light. lights yep. can make a difference. The other thing is cut down on your watering. Okay. If if you're watering uh, too much or or what you think is the right quantity and the plant is really stretching for light, it's just going to continue to do that. To so oh, cut okay. down on the water and you'll see less growth, which is fine. In the winter, we don't expect a lot of growth. That's right. And uh, and just let it let it basically almost become the the plant become almost semi dormant. Watering so
5: like once every two weeks at or? the
3: most. Yeah, might be you know you can even get to the point where the leaves start to get a little bit limp and then water at that point. So oh, okay. Whether it's too weeks two and a half weeks and okay. then water at that point point. and the flowering thing again low light you're not going to get a lot of flowers okay so don't panic if you don't get f- half flowers all winter that's not going to be a big deal you'll worry about you know getting cuttings next spring and then getting those cuttings rooted and getting those cuttings outside once we're frost-free, and then your flowers will grow.
0: Oh, that's great.
7: Okay. Daffodils, can I plant the bulbs now? Sure, for sure. You can. Yep. yep. Okay, how late
2: can I plant them, Charlie?
3: Only the frozen soil is going to stop you.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Way to go, really Gary. Good. You are <laughs> able to work that second question in so neatly. we, we nice. couldn't. We couldn't put up a barrier. That was too well done. <laughs> 949. You always learn something, too, in the show, you know. I pick up some wonderful words here ETOLATION. Yes. It sounds like. <laughs> it's stretching,
3: it's when plants, stay stretch Oh,
2: okay It's yeah. sort of the common term Etiolation
3: Yes, yes, Very yes, good yes. Um, Elongated internodal growth, etiolation That never happened to me, you see That's no, why I'm that's not a exactly big guy right. yeah?
2: <laughs> You
3: never etiolated, don't you? No,
2: I, thank you You
3: obviously got enough light, it's a good thing Oh, thank you <laughs>
2: uh, The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM 740 We'll return in just a moment after these words
1: transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And I'm Frank Proctor, the Sioux chef. Delighted to have you with us uh, on the show this morning, and I uh, refer to Charles, who's calling in from Acton. Hi, Charles. Yes, good morning.
6: Morning. A uh, uh, question about the geraniums going leggy.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I understand with the new uh, windows we have, mm-hmm. With the argon gas mm-hmm. and the low emission, uh, low emissive.
3: Yep, and UV uh, reflection. are not
6: getting the full spectrum. Right. that's why they go leggy.
3: Yep. that's definitely could be a possibility, but certainly that north window isn't doing any, oh, any I know, favors as I, well. Uh,
6: there was a lady at a garden club a couple of years ago, and she said this is a big problem with yep. the geraniums, that they're uh, not getting the full Spectrum, when do you put them in?
3: That's right. Any of the plants need the full spectrum, and it's the red light particularly that they are not getting through those those serious uh, new fan-dangled windows that many of us have. So that's where supplemental artificial grow lights are the way to go. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much, Charles. Good good Take care of things
2: in Acton for us. Okay. Frank Proctor, along with Charlie Dobbin, the master gardener here on the show. And uh, I've got one job that I know I have to get on today the old honey-do list take the scarecrow off our door to the apartment <laughs> and put up the Christmas wreath.
3: Oh, my. Yeah. That's a job.
2: Yeah, and I thought I'd mention that to Di, because, yes, I will not mind when you say we got to do this.
7: Because so, uh, she's listening. I'm, yes, she's she, I to be
2: yes, I will be prepared. I will be prepared. Jane in Whitby is joining us. Hi, Jane. Good morning.
7: Good morning to you both. Morning. Uh, I have a question about a very large fern mm-hmm. that I was given, and it was outdoors all summer. It's huge. I cannot get my arms around it.
3: Wow. Like, is it like a big Boston fern type fern? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
7: Yes, it's got like long, long stems, mm-hmm. but little tiny leaves on the stems. Okay. And it's very pretty, but it's starting to. Um, now, I know I've been listening to the show for quite a while. It's starting to drop its under leaves, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Uh, is
3: that normal? It is, because the underleaves are the older leaves. Uh-huh. And this is always one of I mean, we love ferns. We love the look. We love the, the feel that they bring to a room. Obviously, they also bring a lot of oxygen to the room.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: But one of the jobs is you have to comb the ferns every now and then with it's your very, fingers.
7: It's very, very big. It's very... Um it must be at least three feet around.
3: Well, have, have you got it on like a table or a stand, or how have I've you got, got it? I've got it
7: on a little stand, and it's and uh, it's in a an east facing window, but it gets some, well, not very much right now, but the morning sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when it comes up.
3: Okay, so so the, what you're experiencing is very normal. You're going to continue to experience that all winter. Uh, you're going to have a little bit of dieback, particularly from underneath where there's less light getting through. Right, the top. No, the, the leaves
7: that are the little leaves are falling off the stems. Mm-hmm,
3: yep, exactly. And so, so you cut
7: back the stems.
3: Well, it's hard to cut back the stems unless you've got an awful lot of, of air, you know area where there's been death of the frond, the entire frond. No, it's it's very healthy. Yeah. So I just comb. Comb from underneath with your fingers. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, then sweep obviously the ground below.
0: Uh-huh. And
3: um be prepared to just sort of do that. It's an ongoing thing, but don't hesitate to keep your little mister handy and spritz that plant a couple of times a day. Oh, okay. Keep the humidity high around the fern.
7: What um, about the watering now? Um, well,
3: it will take a fair amount of water as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a moisture meter would be a handy item to have with that plant because it's so big. There's no way that you can feel the weight or stick your finger in It's probably impossible to find soil to put your finger into. It's hard to get your finger in there. That's yeah. so much. But a moisture meter, which is a probe, it's about a, you know, foot-long yes. foot probe, uh, is something that the the little tip of it goes right into the soil down a couple of inches, and it has a meter that tells you the moisture levels down where the probe has been placed. Oh, I and see. you do okay. want to keep that I'll, soil moist.
7: i for one over at the... Um
3: you're in Whitby, so um, yeah. Sheridan's should have something like that. Um, I beg your pardon? Sheridan Nurseries should have a moisture meter. Yes, or... I live
7: across the road from Sheridan There you go. Nurseries.
3: Try them, see if they have uh, moisture I will. meters.
7: I'll do that. I never thought of that. A water probe is a good idea because, oh, oh, I know you're not supposed to ask two questions. Oh, <laughs> you
3: know what? <laughs> two people have gotten away with it already, I, so it, go it, ahead. I
7: just bought a, a, a big fern thing for the urn out in the front porch. Mm-hmm. Do you water them?
3: A f- what do you mean? Do
7: you put water on
3: those? A, a fir- Something that's outside, oh, like an um, this is a boughs and stuff?
6: Yeah, all boughs.
3: It's very pretty. Yes, actually, it is a good idea to water that. Uh, inside is probably not, it might be soil, but it's pr- more likely a floral foam that they've put the boughs into.
7: Yeah, it's a big green, yeah, yeah. like you get a uh, uh you know, when you get flowers delivered in yeah, there. Exactly. In arrangements. Yeah,
3: and it's a foam. And so yes, you do want to keep moisture in there because those boughs are cut and yes, they, they are. And they will if they're in particularly if they're in any sun whatsoever, they will turn completely yellow and dry up and look very poorly yeah, if you it, don't I keep
7: I'm quite sure the boughs are scotch pines.
3: Yeah, so keep moisture in that container by watering, absolutely, and that will prolong the beauty of that, uh, that even display. Even
7: when it uh, gets very cold? Um, even when it gets very
3: cold, you... The, you the plant won't be using water, but just make sure there's water in it.
5: Yeah, and of course, you're right, okay, it'll freeze. I really appreciate that. I'm sorry. No problem. <laughs> okay, yeah. But I find it
7: so hard to get through.
2: <laughs> Bless your Thank heart. Thank you so you much. You made for it. The call. You made it. Exactly. Yeah, you know who's calling in from Port Colborne? Our old oh. drummer friend, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Oh,
4: no respect, you know. Every time I put a garden on, a raccoon chews it
0: up. <laughs> no,
4: don't I know I'll do it? I'll Rodney for you make everybody happy. Here's <laughs> Rodney. Respect, you know things are tough, you know. <laughs> it's a rough New York. Never time I close my windows. I hit somebody's hands. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. What's... I wrote his book. Oh, now I'm going to get a computer in the future to find out what the hell's wrong with me. <laughs> but I'm going to make. Well, it I can kind of guess, it. but one never mind. <laughs> I love both of you, Zaza. God, uh, one one thing's a serious garden show. The other one's entertainment. Frank, you're a genius. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here I go. One more, and then we'll get into a serious question. Okay. No respect at all <laughs> my honey says honey would you please put the garbage out is it honey you cook that you put it out <laughs>
2: Gee, you are hey. incorrigible Jimmy. Oh, okay hey, what, man, what's your question a, we've only yeah, got a couple yeah, of a couple of minutes guys,
4: I'm going back in a band yeah, yeah. Okay. It ain't a band aid it's a band you know oh, good, yeah. good. But, uh, got Frank, 30 I love you very much and Charlie you're very very super intelligent people Thanks, and everybody hears me everywhere. Did you? I heard you on the radio. What, what's the your question? Not-
2: Jimmy, Jimmy, what's, what's your question?
4: No respect, I guess.
2: <laughs> okay. That. You know what? I'd love to give you more respect. but Have you got, have really got a serious question a. about Curry. seeds?
4: Uh, what it would be yeah. to germinate seeds from the, from the farmer's market. You there?
3: Yeah, we're here. F- seeds hey. from the farmer's market. No, I grabbed
4: all the seeds, and uh, there was a peach pit somebody ate one time, whatever, in the stupid garden I had here. And uh, I looked, and I thought it was a weed, and I picked it up. There's a tree coming right out of the pit. That's right. It'll grow if the yeah, conditions the are right. i I tell you that you can't uh, uh, raise a fruit tree uh, unless you graft it. That's, that's right. hogwash, because that pit went right in the ground, and that tree come right out. Right. But so what I've done here. I, don't know, I talk too much. Yeah. I've only got one minute. Yeah, less. <laughs> uh, that's all i got left, to. <laughs> anyway, uh, the bottom line is... Uh, what I've done was, I took all those seeds and I put them in a container of soil and left them outside because in the winter time they'll freeze, right? Right. So on my right.
3: Are we talking peach seeds or something else?
4: Everything. All, oh, all the anything. seeds. I, put them in. I just well, want to see if I can do it. Know,
3: well, it depends. Some seeds absolutely need that frozen winter experience.
4: Yeah, that's yeah I heard that. There's you know not what? so much. Jimmy,
2: uh, you know what? We've talked ourselves right at the time. I'm going to pull <laughs> a, I'm going to pull a Sidney Sheldon on you. Remember him? He used to be the boss on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and you're talking like this, gangster, Jimmy, you call one more time like that and give me another Rodney Dangerfield, you're going to find yourself sucking mud from the bottom of the Hudson went a cement kimono. Okay. <laughs> Meantime. Thank
3: you, Frank, and well, thank you, Jimmy. Yes.
2: Yeah, we kind of wound up the show on a, uh, a real tilt there, didn't we? We did, but, as,
3: but that's what it's all about, oh, right? Oh,
2: he's an entertainer. If
3: you're not guy. having fun, then don't do it.
2: Well, and that refers to the next show, too. It does. The guys in the next room, <laughs> Dave Rediger, Alan Gelman, and it seems half of uh, the uh, audience for AM740 are in there with him this morning. Anyway, they're going to be by with Dave's Corner Garage right after the news. And you're then gone you're for gonna a week. Follow
3: and them with your regular. At 11
2: o'clock. Um, uh, what's going in the on? City? Live
3: in the city. Yeah. And uh, so, good big thank you, Frank, for all your wonderful support. Gracie. And of course, to Grace. Love you. And thank you, everybody, for the great calls. We'll see you all next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.